1: You are listening to Absent minded brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com.
2: Hello and welcome to Habsent-Minded. It's Patrick Vexel speaking. We are live, or not live because we're recording this obviously, but we are ready for the top 25 under 25, and this will be the introduction piece of a long series of episodes. I'm joined by
0: Matt Mania, who now says it in Spanish. Uh, well, I'm, I haven't gotten that far in my in my Spanish lessons yet, but uh, they, they call me, uh, you know, uh, Pablo Emilio Escobar Gaviria. Estoy respeto.
1: And of course, Jared, the book. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not taking Spanish lessons right now. Anyway, I have I have taken some like very basic ones, but I uh, when when Patrick and Matt were talking Spanish earlier, I was I was kind of uh, I was like Patrick whenever he listened to a French press conference.
2: Well, that says a lot. <laughs> we're here. It's the flagship of Eyes on the Prize. It's taken life of its own. It's something we look forward to. It's something uh, some of our friends not looking forward to because they know they're going to get the call to be participating on different podcasts. And we have a lineup of great guests this year. But we're going to talk about the two plays that aged out. Condotta and pizzetta
1: what can we expect from them going forward? It's it's going to be interesting to, to see where Pezzetta fits in to, to this lineup, assuming everyone is healthier than they were last year. Uh, last year, obviously, he had a lot of opportunity because there were a lot of injuries. I, I still think that he's probably best fit as... You know a fourth liner and, and might be the best possible kind of thirteenth forward uh, as well because you, you don't mind if he doesn't play every game, things like that. Condota is also interesting to me because he he's he's a guy who could could wear a letter for the Rocket this year. Uh, he played every game. He's the only player in the organization to play every game for the Rocket last year, which is which is saying a lot. He he made his NHL debut. He scored a goal didn't he? Did he score a goal as well? Condotta? Or did he just play a game? Perhaps? Yeah.
0: Uh that's a good question. I think he might be right. I think he actually did uh, I think
1: more. he scored a goal. Yeah, he did. He scored what he scored in his only game. His only NHL game he scored a goal. So, yeah, it's you know, he's he might be best fit for that kind of Alex Bellzil role this year uh, of a guy who, mm. you know, starts starts the year in the AHL when injuries hit. Kind of get that call up and and kind of get some fourth line minutes. Uh, again, a, a lot of this depends on how 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 uh, how healthy the team is, especially some of the veterans. Uh, a lot of it also depends on how ready the rookies are.
2: But also, isn't is, it, is it a letter in the rocket a little bit of a, a dementor's kiss? It's a death kiss because you're not going to get called up if you got a letter on. A, a little bit, but Alex Belzell got called up.
1: Uh, last year uh, and got an NHL contract out of it with with the Rangers, right? Um, So, I mean, it's not ideal. It's a little bit harder to get called up in that regard, but I don't think it stops people from getting called up. Um, Obviously, this year it's looking like it's probably going to be Gabriel Bork, who is on an AHL contract, so he can't get called up anyway. Uh, But I I don't think it stops people. Corey Schooneman had a letter last year as well. So I I don't think it stops people. It's kind of... It can be seen as like, oh, you're you're a really good piece to the AHL team. Uh, but but I think that you know, if if you're needed uh, and you deserve it, you'll get called up regardless.
0: Yeah, like I, I think it all depends how many injuries there are, right? Like you said last year, there were so many that it didn't matter. You could have you could be completely indispensable to the rocket. And it was like, well, we don't have a choice. Like we need bodies in the NHL, otherwise we're like maybe not gonna be able to play this game. Um I, I think Condotta is probably in that bracket where it's going to take a lot of injuries uh, for him to get brought up because uh, I, I think he might be... I, I don't see him as being at the front of the line uh, right away anyways. Now, you could play yourself to the front of the line. We've seen guys do that in La before. Um, I just I don't think he'd be at the front of the line right away. I think he's going to get a leadership opportunity down there. And I think we're all praying that the Habs have better fortune this year for injuries. <laughs> I'm pretty sure every Habs fan has said some variation of... Well, you know, this team is probably going to do better this year if, and it's a big if, they can stay healthier than they were last year. So that should limit some of the opportunities. I think it's going to have a similar effect on Pizzetta, to be honest. I I see him struggling. Like if he was still eligible for this top 25 under 25 list, I don't know where I'd place him. This was such a strong crop this year that for me, he would have been, he would have been definitely falling from where he was last year on my list if he were still eligible. And I think it's going to have a similar effect on his status with the Montreal Canadiens because, like, where where does he really fit in the lineup? I think he might be a day one guy in the lineup, but you know, you could get surpassed pretty quickly, particularly at camp and in the preseason. So uh, I, I don't know; it, it, it might be tough for him this year. I mean, he ages out, but he he might have dropped on everybody's list if he was still eligible for the top twenty five.
1: Yeah, I think that, that's 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 a good point. The
0: road he has taken. Uh, from more or less being
2: second to last in the in in the top 25 to getting into the top 25 and getting an NHL contract and, and getting a roster spot with the Canadians uh, not many have taken that leap uh it speaks to the to to the greatness that maybe of, of top 25 under 25 but it also speaks to the greatness of, of pesetta to to be able to focus work hard and be that determined as well uh, yeah I, I yeah. would have I, Definitely, he would have been in the 30s for me, probably.
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of funny but because he, we've seen we've seen guys that have started really low, eventually go higher and make the NHL. Jake Evans, Caden Primo, you know, a couple of seventh round picks, right? Uh, but we've never, I don't think, in my time doing this, we've ever seen a player who was 36 become an NHLer that year, <laughs> right? And and that's what Pizzetta did, right? He was 36 uh, in our yep. top 25 under five uh, under 25 in 2021. And, and by the end of that year, he was, he was an NHLer. Uh, he he got called up and didn't go back down and still hasn't. Uh, so I don't think, yeah, like Patrick said, it's, it's an incredible turnaround. Uh, a lot of it to to credit Pezzetta himself, to, to be honest, because he put in the time to, to show that improvement and get better. And, and yeah, I, I, th- those are the cool kind of turnarounds, but with the depth of this organization, it, it's possible that we see more of that. Um, coming up I mean a lot of the guys the top established guys are you know well known and get into the top 15 pretty easily Uh but there's always going to be some guys that drop a little lower because they're a little bit older uh, and and then suddenly uh, become become NHL players and and the, the the numbers this year in the rankings don't really mean as much even the titles of you know long shots and projects and near misses you know it, it, they don't mean as much as they used to that they're still groupings of players based on you know where they are in 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 respect to others but the the quality is so much higher throughout this group that yeah it wouldn't surprise me if we see more posettas down the road just because there's so much more depth in the organization right now
0: i mean it's what almost every pundit has their pipeline as being at least top five right some people saying they're even top three in the league in terms of prospect pipeline when you have a group that that that's that highly regarded you know league wide i think inevitably you're gonna have some guys that are undervalued and get to jump up that's one of the most fun things for me about this exercise i love it when i'm wrong about a guy i love it when i rank a guy like 30th 40th or something like that and then by the next year you're like man i gotta shove this guy into my top 15 all of a sudden because he did that well and i think that's the kind of group that they have right now where you know again as jared mentioned we the projects some of those guys that are going to be in those categories have the ability have the skill to jump right up into you know top 15 top 20 maybe even top 10 consideration uh depending on what they do next year
2: it also shows a little bit in regards to who has left the list because they're not with the ca- canadian's organization anymore and one of those players is maybe a little bit surprisingly frederick dichau from from denmark and Frolanda in the top 25 last year but hasn't really kept it with his change to a bigger club, bigger league. I thought he did quite well in order uh, during the World Junior, world Championships, not the World Juniors, uh, the World Championships for Denmark before he got injured uh, to maybe at least get that qualifying offer and extend his, his rights. But
0: uh, Montreal let him go.
2: Are you guys surprised about that?
0: I'm, I'm a little bit surprised just because just because of the the goaltending situation in Montreal. Like We're still on the hunt for the next Carey Price. And let's face it, Carey Price, you, you're not just happening into the next Carey Price, right? It's the whole process of finding that. Carey Price is a fifth overall pick. You don't even get a lot of goaltenders going that high in the draft. Um, it, it's not easy to find another Carey Price. And I think the way that they needed to do that was really by committee. Uh, ha- have all of your goaltending prospects. And I, I thought signing him would have been a smart idea and let him continue to develop in Europe. But um, look, uh, they, they made a decision there. And I think that kind of showed with how they drafted this year as well, is that maybe they had viewed him as, as somebody they wanted to move on from. Uh, they drafted every goalie that they could possibly get their hands on at the, in, in, this summer. So um, I, I think that they're still in that process and maybe they've eliminated him from it, but I was surprised by that because I thought that, you know, having more goaltenders was always a good plan for trying to find that replacement is just try them all out, let them all develop at their own pace and see who can, you know, one day just take the reins and and run with them.
1: Next on
2: that list is Joel Teasdale, Jared.
1: Yeah. I mean, a little bit surprised he wasn't, uh, he wasn't qualified, but you know, when you look at the the guys that are coming into Laval this year, just as forward, uh, you know, Sean Farrell, first full professional year in, in North America, Emil Heineman first full professional year in North America, uh, Joshua Roy, Riley Kidney, uh, a lot of a lot of forwards who are you know going to be in that AHL, NHL bubble, and and at a certain point you have to make tough decisions on certain players, and you know like like the question with Pizetta and even Condo, to a certain extent, you know Teasdale is is getting passed by people, and it has nothing to do with him. He had a great year last year in Laval, but when you're you're building an organizational roster. Uh, you have these young guys who are going to come up, and and kind of like Deshaw as well. You know, Deshaw was was probably not probably definitely passed by Dobish uh, in the eyes of the Canadians who got his entry level contract, uh, and and you know was with Laval during the playoffs, even though he didn't play a game. Uh, and I think that they're really high on him, and and I think that they're looking like like Matt said for, you know, a, a lot of goaltenders in the organization in the draft this year. And I think that you know you can keep an eye on on guys, even though they don't have contracts. And uh, I think that you know Duch was worth uh, the draft pick., uh, we didn't really know much about him when he was when he was drafted. I remember the only video that we found was when he was twelve years old, uh, stopping a penalty shot. and you know he developed into a, a guy who went to the Olympics and the world championships for Denmark, which is no small feat. and and, and yeah, I think that you know, with Teesdale and we'll get to some of the other guys who who are traded. Uh, or or left your organization. That's that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, a lot of these guys, you know, we're going to have less and less. It's a very young group this year in the top twenty-five under twenty-five. So I think for the next few years, the departures list is going to be high. Is going to be longer than the graduates list because there, there's not enough spots for everyone. Um,
0: and and yeah. decisions are going to have to be made before they're twenty-five. Gianni Firebrother, Matt. I wasn't surprised that they moved on from him. I just don't think. Uh, I I don't think he fit within the, um, you know, the future plans of the club. I think he was a throw in there to get Alex Newhook. Um, obviously the big thing they wanted was the picks, but I, I guess they were interested in having him as well for their AHL club. I just don't see him being able to break through and become an NHL regular. So I think, you know, for, for me, what bothered me about that trade was the picks more than anything. And, you know, time will tell whether or not those picks end up being worth more than Alex Newhook. Um, but uh, fair, fair brother was a, uh, you know, somebody that uh, I I think would made sense for them to part ways with. I don't think he was coming up to the Montreal Canadiens anytime soon to stay.
1: Yeah, t- tough injury luck for Fairbrother. He missed all of last year. Um, by the end of the year, he was skating with the team. But I mean, if you look at the the depth on defense, I mentioned the forwards earlier. Uh, the depth on defense, I mean, Fairbrother would have been hard pressed to find a regular spot in Laval. <laughs> Never mind Montreal. So, uh, yeah, it made sense, and you know, he's not going to be the first. Uh, defender that the team will have to move on from um, and you know it's, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of defense uh, coming up uh, in the organization and yeah I mean Fairbrother, brother um, good player good organizational depth but Montreal has so much of it that <laughs> that um, you know some of the guys on the bottom of that list are, are going to start getting getting moved on from
2: I'm going to go with the four guys here. Uh, Nate Schnarr, Cam Hillis, Brett Stapley, uh, Jack Gorniak. We're not really surprised about anyone, right?
1: No. No, I, I mean, those are guys. You know, Nate Schnarr was passed by Lucas Condona. I, I mean, it, it's kind of a recurring theme where we're talking about guys who were passed by other guys who were kept. Uh, but that, that's the reality of the situation. That's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen on the list this year. There's, there's going to be guys that are going to be passed by other guys and and they're going to find themselves without without a, a chair or a contract. Uh, and, you know, Schnarr was traded because the, the team needed defense at the trade deadline and got uh, got Frederick Allard um, for, for a few games. He played in the NHL for a few games as well. Uh, and then obviously he signed, uh, signed in Europe um, after the year. You know, Cam Hill, the same thing. The team needed defense. Uh, and he didn't really have an opportunity to play. Uh, in Laval, even he was with the the Lions and Tourville, and they got Nicholas Baudet, who is you know uh gonna be gonna be a probably the, the the power play guy in Laval this year, uh and and step up big for for the absence of a guy like Corey Schooneman, uh who who left the organization and you know Stapley had an opportunity AHL contract, couldn't really get through the Lions, uh never really made it back to the Rocket, wasn't bad in the ECHL, but. Um, I, I think that, you know, the speed was a little bit of an issue, uh, in trying to get, uh, a look in the AHL. Like we saw guys like Ryan Francis and, um, and Beauregard and, and Pierrick Dubé who started with the Lions and, and he was passed by those guys, uh, in terms of getting the call to call the Laval and, and Jack Gorniak, um, you know, never really got his footing in uh, Wisconsin. Um, when, when they were a really good team with, with Cole Caulfield and Alex Turcotte and those guys, uh, he, he was, Playing the same role as he was when, when they had left, and and didn't really um, make himself, uh, you know, indispensable to get a contract. And with the forward depth that the Canadians have, it's I'm a I'm a broken record, but there's a lot of guys. You know, there, there's 54 that are on the list. Uh, there's not room yeah. for everybody. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not really surprising of any of those names.
2: And finally, we I'm going to leave this to you, Matt. <laughs> you know, Arvid Henriksen, one of those
0: fantastic European defenders that you love the greatest prospect in the history of the Montreal Canadians, is he not?
1: He's the, he's the greatest prospect in the history of Montreal Canadians who played at um, Lake Superior State University.
2: I, he, again, we're, we're we're going back to to mentioning stuff that we have mentioned before and this is not a disrespect. he's he's gotten a degree from a university. He's played hockey. He's signed with Vestavik in Hockey Allsvenskan, second division in Sweden, for next year. It's not you. You, you can live on your hobby or or live on you and have it as a work, and you get a degree out of it, which sets you up for for future considerations down the line, and and maybe a different career. We, we should not make fun of them, but but Arvid Henriksson. It has been a broken record about who's going to be last on that top 25, under 25 list for three years, I think. And and unfortunately, it has been Arvid Henriksen. So it was a little bit more difficult this year to put the person who was at number 54. Um, still, these are graduates. These are people that has left the organization for different reasons. But we have cared about them and we should continue to care about them and smile when they are successful as we do with the other players hey,
1: Ar- 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 Arvid henderson was was traded and played a game in the AHL yeah i mean there's there's a lot, there's a lot of guys who who don't even get to play in the AHL uh, after being drafted yeah and and he got one game in the AHL uh before <coughs> going back back to sweden and Listen, you know, I I think the most surprising thing of Hendrickson is that he was a departure, not a graduate, <laughs> <laughs> um, because um, I think most people were surprised on in that Nick Benino trade uh, that that Harvard Hendrickson was involved in that, and he would have he would have aged out anyway. He is twenty five anyway, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the bad thing about ranking people is that one guy has to be last and. The person that we're ranking last is better at hockey than than we'll ever dream of so right. it's 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 not a it's not a bad thing to get drafted or sign a contract in, with an organization and uh, i think that and, uh, patrick hernquist was drafted
2: as uh, the last player in his draft year and uh, he yeah. got away with two stanley cup rings right
0: so not, not uh, so
1: bad <laughs> not so bad
0: <laughs> they're, they're still that um Hey, I, I got a, i got a guy in my top five this year that was drafted in the fifth round you can go ahead and take a wild guess who that is Arthur le has left
1: he was he was in the fifth round pick he was in the second <laughs> round pick <laughs> Oh, man good good time this is this is this is the fun part um it's it's always fun to see the rankings right because we all submit our list. Uh, And then I I think we all chomp at the bit to, to see what, when the rankings actually get finalized. And uh, we know that you guys are you, everyone listening is uh, guys and girls listening are going to be really interested in seeing the order. Um, I'm sure there'll be some disagreements. Um, I'm sure there'll be some disagreements, uh, but that's, that's the whole fun of this.
2: Yeah. And, and like we all do when we get the list from, from Justin is we we take right off the bat we look how many were our highest on and how many were our lowest on because that's what we're looking at because that's we also think we were yeah. wrong sometimes.
0: There's also when you when you get the the vote right when you start the vote like never mind when you get the list after the vote comes in and you're looking at you know who were you highest who were you lowest on but when you go back to like when I initially got the list I'm like okay it's time for me to vote I sat down for a good I, I want to say two hours and looked at the thing and ranked all my players and then I'm like okay I've got a good ranking here but at the same time in the back of my head I'm like Matt you got to close this thing out you got to step away for like two hours and then come back to it with like fresh eyes and look at it again that's how tough this year was and we were talking about it before we started recording today and I agree 100% with what Jared said you asked me next week there's some guys in my 20s that might be able to kick up into the top 15 and vice versa there's some guys in the top 15 that I might bump down into the twenties. Like that's, and th- this is a fantastic problem for the Montreal Canadians to have. If that's your problem is that you've got so many good prospects that you're not too sure exactly where to rank them in an exercise like this. What does that say? It says that you've got depth, you've got depth coming up and you've got young depth. So once these players are ready, you know, they don't need uh, 50 players. They don't need 45 players to be NHL contributors. They just need, a good handful of these guys they need they need 10 to 12 of these guys to be legitimate nhl contributors and this team could be very good in the next you know five six years and the rest is there to be traded for someone that is better right only trade the ones that that id value
2: right <laughs> uh, anyways looking forward to the rest of the list we're not going to drag this out anymore uh Thank you so much for, for participating, because if you listen to the podcast, you most likely uh, participated in the voting. And we're looking forward to see you all in the comments on the different podcasts. Thank you.